You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Welcome into the show. Bill Ryder with you. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. We need to cash out your home in a simple way to get it. Rocket Cam. We got by ourselves in 20 minutes. We're talking Bears Patriots in about 30 or 40 minutes. Right now, we're going to visit with our buddy Steve Berline, former NFL player, quarterback, NFL analyst extraordinaire, and our pal Steve. Good morning, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here. Good morning, Bill. Great to be here, man. For sure. So help me make sense of that. We were, we were talking about obviously underwhelming performances for both the Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When you look at Aaron Rodgers and you look at, at Tom Brady, in either case, Steve, do you see reason for concern from those two guys in terms of their level of play and what we can expect the rest of the season? Oh, that's a great question. No, I was Believe it or not, I was actually at the uh, Panthers-Bucks game yesterday so I, I saw Tom Brady up, up uh, close and personal. Uh, didn't get a, didn't really get to see Aaron Rodgers play, but saw the highlights, obviously. And um, you know, I, I would be, I think, more people w- uh, would rightfully and, and, and I think be um, passionately correct feeling that way about Tom Brady. Um, you know, it just seems like with everything going on in his life right now uh, and the frustration level with the, uh, uh, the football part of it, um, you know, I, I just don't know if he, if he's going to be able to uh, fight his way out of it. Now, and here, here's the thing though about Brady, I've counted him out many times before, and I don't know whether you have or not. I have, yeah. and I've been proven wrong uh, so many times and um, I wouldn't put it past him, but, this doesn't look good right now, and, and um, you know, it, it just I I would hate for it to end up being um, you know one of those situations where we look back on it and say uh, we we all said we wish you would have retired after last season because of what this uh, last memory uh, could end up being like. So um, you know I I don't think that they're going to end up you know not winning a game the rest of the year. I just don't know if Brady is going to really be able to find a way to turn it around and, and, and become a factor again. With Aaron Rodgers, you know, he, he, it's obvious that he does not have the supporting cast that, that Tom Brady does, um, and, and this is not falling on uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, his attitude, I think, is still great. He's into it. He's focused. Uh, his comments after the game yesterday about, you know, next week, uh, I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, but um, this is an opportunity to really shock you know, shock everybody and, uh, and and make a statement with their big game this coming week. So, um, you know, we'll see. It's it's going to be, you know, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this thing unfolds, both of those teams. Steve Berline here on the show. Steve, I love that you were at that Panthers-Bucks game. Let's just let's lean into it for, for one more question here because the Panthers fired their coach, their head coach, a couple weeks ago. They traded away arguably their best player in Christian McCaffrey, few days ago and their starting quarterback whatever you think of Baker Mayfield did, did not play in that game and they they dominated Tampa Bay did did you see something from Carolina or, or is that Bucks team beyond just Tom Brady just not the squad we thought they were well I think it's probably a combination of both I don't, I don't know if you could ever confidently say uh here's exactly why that happened um I remember telling my daughter before the game I was with my my 16 year old daughter and and uh he said, this game is going to be not even close. It's Tom Brady against, you know, and they don't have Christian McCaffrey. She went through the whole list of things that you just did. 
And I said, I'm telling you, in the NFL, it can happen. These guys on both teams are every bit as good as each other. A lot of these guys for Carolina have not had a chance to prove what they could do. They're excited. They're, they're hungry to show what they can do. Um, you know, the, the, they have a lot of pride. There's a lot of, there's a lot of examples I can give you of bigger upsets than this. So don't be surprised. And then sure enough, it happened. So, um, you, you got to give the Panthers and Steve Wilkes, that whole organization credit. They, they played inspired, uh, both sides of the ball. PJ Walker did not look overwhelmed at all. He made some, some really nice throws for the Panthers and, uh, you know, Deontay Foreman, uh, played fantastically running back. He popped a couple, a couple big runs, but uh, he looked like a guy who was really eager to show that the Panthers' running game was was not dead without Christian McCaffrey. So, um, really, just a really impressive effort on their part all the way around uh, to hold Tom Brady and the and Buccaneers to the three points. Um, that that was a, gr- a great effort on their part. So, uh, everybody was excited, having fun in Carolina. I can tell you that. Steve Berline here on the show, Steve. Uh, very few people saw this coming. I certainly didn't. The the Eagles are six and zero. The Giants are six and one. The Cowboys, despite having missed Dak for a big chunk of the season, he's back now. We're five and two. Is it time to believe the NFC East is loaded with legitimate, dominant playoff caliber football teams? I think it is. I really do. I mean, you look at the way that all those teams are playing, and. They've all been challenged. They've all been down. They've all had to dig down and, and gut it out uh, for different different reasons, different situations. And what the Cowboys did without Dak Prescott um, uh, was obviously uh, really, really impressive with Cooper Rush and now having Dak back. And it looks like he's a, he, he's learned a lot and he's matured a lot through that process, I think. And yeah, we'll see over time if, if it holds up. But uh, they just look like a very solid team all the way around. The Giants, you know, Daniel Jones is is actually uh, a guy that people are talking about as uh, potentially a, a you know a, a, a franchise quarterback now. All of a sudden, I mean, where does that come from? He, you know, they're six and one, and, and he's a guy that's stepping up and making plays late in games to win the ball game. And uh, the Giants are a real team. They believe it, and that's. As you know, Bill, that's that's the biggest factor in the NFL. When a team gets confident and starts believing that they're pretty good, they can become dangerous. And the Giants are probably the best illustration of that. The Jets are another one. Um, you know, the Eagles—they're uh, obviously the only team left in the NFL that's undefeated, and uh, they were challenged by the Cowboys. They held it off and stepped up and made the plays when they had to. So, yeah, that that is a, a division. I think that all all three of those teams are legit and. Uh, they're going to be factors throughout the whole course of the season. Talking to Steve Berline here on the show. I'm Bill Ryder on, on CBS Sports Radio. Steve, I'm so bummed by this next question because we we're all just looking forward to Trevor Lawrence's development and certainly hoping for a, a renaissance after Urban Meyer's departure. Jags have lost four straight. Certainly Lawrence doesn't look like whatever the expectations were for him, fair or not fair. What is your view of where Trevor Lawrence is and maybe where he's going in his attempts to live up to not just being the number one pick a few drafts ago, but many thought he was a generational talent at quarterback. Well, I still, I still believe in Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I saw enough those first couple games of the year and, and flashes last year, even in the, uh, through all the challenges he went through in his rookie year. Uh, you see a lot of things that really get you excited. And those flashes that, that, that pop out at you, 
Um, I, th- I think he's, he, I think he's going to be just fine. And I think Doug Peterson is going to, is going to find his way uh, through this. You know, there hasn't been, there haven't been any games, uh, at least that I can recall, that they have not been competitive, uh, where they have not, uh, you know, at least had a chance uh, deep into the second half to, to make a run and, and, and get the thing, you know, get it done. And, and I, I love the way that Trevor Lawrence is handling himself. I, I love how he, um, you know, is, is leading uh, as a young player, um, and he's, he's accountable. He's not making excuses. Uh, I think he has high expectations of himself, and he's not going to uh, just just brush it off as, as, you know, poor poor Trevor, you know, I'm in a tough situation. I think that team is actually starting to believe they're pretty good, and a few wins, a few more wins, wins tied together, uh, I think they can be right back in the hunt. So I, I'm not giving up on Trevor Lawrence or the Jags yet. Steve, Monday Night Football tonight, Patriots against the Bears. Mac Jones is, is expected to, to play after his backup obviously performed at a, at a pretty high level. What do you expect from the game? What, what do you expect from Jones? Well, you know, this is going to be a really, really interesting thing to watch. I This is the first real adversity Mac Jones has, has had to go through, and uh, it's a lot different for Dak Prescott to, to get hurt and sit and watch his, his backup do well when everybody really knows that, that Dak Prescott is really the franchise guy. Mac Jones had a, had a really um, strong rookie year, all things considered, but he hadn't really established himself as a true franchise guy, uh, that he was going to be the answer for a long time. And now all of a sudden you got Zappy who steps up and, and goes on a little bit of a run and, uh, uh, Mac Jones is now maybe starting to uh, feel a little bit of pressure. Uh, I, I don't believe the Patriots realistically long-term look at this as a true quarterback controversy. I think they, they have a lot of confidence in Mac Jones. I think they really have found a lot out about the, the, you know, the other kid, and uh, we'll see uh, how it all unfolds. But, but I really believe that Mac Jones is the quarterback of the future for that organization. And, uh, you know, playing against the Bears tonight, he's got to step up and, and play well and show that he is the guy, or this could go back and forth uh, for the rest of this year. And I know that, that nobody really wants to see that. They'd rather have Mac Jones just step up and, and play well and, and reestablish himself. And then, you know, just real quickly on the Bears, Justin Fields obviously under a lot of pressure as well. That organization uh, really, really needs to have some good things happen. And, and it starts with consistency and playmaking out of Justin Fields. And if he can start stepping up and coming through in those those situations, uh, you know, I think, I think obviously uh, he can answer a lot of questions as well tonight on national TV. Yeah, Steve, I was going to ask you about about Justin Fields because I, I take zero pleasure in people failing. The, the opposite. I mean, you you want to watch folks succeed, and and when we watch sports, we're, we're watching people pursue their dreams, and we're doing it in a very very public, very very public way. But you know, I can't be Pollyannish. Not everybody succeeds in the NFL. Certainly, the quarterback position. And young, promising quarterbacks who struggle early in their careers, very few turn it around. And I'm a Bears fan, so for me, it's you know sort of a long-suffering level of negativity that makes it into this. Well, what is your confidence level that Fields specifically, particularly, is capable of of having a successful NFL career, given what we've seen so far? Well, you know that, that, that's a tough question to answer, and, and uh, I, I really. It, it works out well for Justin Fields because I, I think he is, um, uh, you know, he's a guy that really is passionate about. It. He wants it badly. You can see that 
in his eyes. But, you know, as you said, it's a fact that it's not even a 50-50 proposition that uh, these high draft choice quarterbacks make it. I think many more fail than actually come through and prove themselves to be the franchise guys. And uh, that's just a fact. And, and I, I don't have the confidence in, in Justin Fields that I do in, in uh, Trevor Lawrence. I, I just haven't quite seen enough positive and enough, um, you know, from a, a leadership perspective to actually uh, have him, you know, express himself as being the long-term answer there. But he, he, there's no doubt he's got the ability. He's got the physical ability to do it. He can throw it. He can run. Uh, he can make all the plays. Uh, I hope it works out for him. But th- there's a lot of pressure on him, obviously, to, to to show that he can do it over the course of this year. Steve Berline, man, love having you on. Love the insight. Appreciate you, and I'm glad you got to got to go and check out a game with your daughter. That sounds awesome. I'm taking my kids to an NFL game in a couple of weeks, so uh, I know the sort of excitement for you know dad and kids hanging out doing that. Thank you, uh, thank you, buddy, for for being on the show. Well, I'm just happy I answered the bell. I got home about 4 a.m. Pacific time this morning from uh, oh, no. from, from Charlotte, so I'm still. Half out of it, but I appreciate how you have me on the call as always, Bill. Thanks. Hey, you're a good man. Get some, get some sleep. That's what I would do, Steve. I'm on the West Coast too. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for being on. Steve Berline on the show. That is a whoo. I've done that. I've done. He delivered. See, that's why he's a pro, Diesel. A lot of guys who play in the NFL just wouldn't get up. They're like, oh, I forgot to agree to this. Not doing it for Phil Biter. Never a doubt. Is he an L.A. guy? Uh, yes. Yes, he is. Oh, wow. Obviously, right. he played in Carolina, still still has ties there, went to the game with his kids, and still made time for writer than you. Look at that. T- tireder than you is what is what that segment probably was. Guy's a pro. Uh, buy or sell. How is buy or sell today? I, I, didn't get a, I didn't get to look at it early. How, how are we feeling about a bunch of headlines from sports? Jam-packed Monday Ooh. edition of buy or sell. Jam-packed Monday edition of buy or sell. With Diesel. Trademark it next here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Um, we, we bring up Adam Klug sometimes. He uh, used to produce me. He's the program director of 97.3 The Fan in San Diego. He and Bogus were extremely tight when Adam was here. Uh, Diesel worked with him. <laughs> there's, a, there's an industry, <laughs> I don't know what to call it. There's an industry website, newsletter thing that did a write-up on Adam, and it is the longest love letter I've ever... It's just, then Klug's brilliance took him to his next opportunity, the Doug Gottlieb Show. Then he worked for Bill Ryder. Okay, let's get past that. That's, that's like one sentence. Then he, it's just... <laughs> have you guys read this thing? I didn't have to read it. I knew all about it already. Because um, you lived it? Right. I Although I was <laughs> startled by the picture accompanying the love letter that has a bald-headed... Yeah. Like, it's really bald. Yep. Really clean shaven, like glowing, glistening. It just that that set me aback. Otherwise, I mean, who didn't know all those beautiful things about him? I know Adam well, and uh, we're good friends. And Adam does not hold his alcohol the way that some people do, <laughs> and that's two beers. <laughs> that photo is two beers deep. I'm just telling you right now. That's a he doesn't smile like that sober. Okay, congratulations to the Kluger. Um, you okay, Diesel? You look a little. Oh, I asked. I asked. Uh, Bogus, here's an exchange I had. Because Diesel considers himself friends with Adam. I go, hey, do you see the Kluger got featured in this thing? And he goes, yeah. And I go, did you read it? He goes, no. 
And I go, you're a good friend. <laughs> Feels about right. He's not. He's not. All right, good friend. All right, friend of the year. Let's do buy or sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. No one's ever wrote a love letter. I usually get written about back when Deadspin existed and the big lead still was readable. It was the opposite. You ever been torn apart by any of those stupid, no, wonderful uh, publications, Bugs? Uh, no, I usually get left out of the write-ups about the shows that I'm on. So that's usually like it's a, it's a silent slap in the face. I get left out of the write-ups of the networks I'm a part of. So <laughs> it's, it's fine. And from, from noon to two, no one's on. Apparently, nothing's happening. <laughs> Once the dead air ends, Jim Rome rescues the <laughs> network at 9 Pacific. <laughs> DA hands off to Static. <laughs> Interesting programming choice by Adam Klug. <laughs> uh, you right, D-Cell? <laughs> no, no, there's, there's no transition there. Yesterday saw the return of two starting quarterbacks for their respective teams. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys took care of business against the Lions. Dak went 19 of 25 with one passing touchdown during Sunday night football. Tua Tungavailoa and the Dolphins beat the Steelers 16 to 10. And oh, by the way, there was a combined zero points in the second half of that game. Buy or sell, you have more confidence and Tua and the Miami Dolphins moving forward this season than you do Dak and the Cowboys. Oh, buy a thousand times over. Buy. A thousand times. I don't think Dak looked that good, especially, I know he's been gone. Not much of an opponent. Anything to be said for the AFC, Tua would have to go through the Bills and or the Chiefs, while we've noted the NFC pretty wide open. (laughs) Dak Prescott doesn't win playoff games, so I'm not even even worried about it. You know? I mean, actually, it's going to be kind of fun to watch you know, the, the Cowboys go 14-3 and three and then lose by 31 points to whatever lackluster team they play. That's some division you got shaping up. The Giants right now are 6-1. and one. The Eagles haven't yeah. lost yet. And you've got the Cowboys finishing at 14-3? and three? Look Well, out. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to stretch the, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to like really make the point. Do you want me to go, what, 12-5? and five? Is that the that better? That seems more likely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Still not buying into the Cowboys at all. No, I don't buy into I don't buy into Dak. I don't I, I think he's a a newer version of Kirk Cousins. You, you said playoff football, right? Like playoff still a part of the equation here? Uh yes, in the yes. NFL? Got yes. It. Yeah, no, don't believe. Love to be wrong. All no, right. That's not true. I don't want to be wrong on this one. <laughs> Last hour we discussed Tom Brady and those Tampa Bay Buccaneers losing to the lowly Carolina Panthers. Now we know that Carolina traded away their best player in Christian McCaffrey last week to the 49ers. But reportedly, Carolina turned down another proposed trade. Reportedly, the Panthers were offered two first-round picks from an unknown team for star defensive end Brian Burns. Now, Burns was a first-round pick back in 2019, and he has 30 and a half career sacks in 55 career games played. Buy or sell bill that the Carolina Panthers should have done this reported deal. I'd love to know who it was with. You can sort of project... How late of a pick or how early yeah. of a pick it's going to be. Right. I mean, you would presume it's a contender who's pulling a, a Rams model and that by virtue of that, it's closer to two second round picks, presumably. 
but I'll still buy the shit. I mean, what the hell? Would you want me to lean into it? I don't. I don't. Buy. I'm not really sure. I don't know where they, where the, where those picks will land. In. But if you're gonna if you're gonna rebuild, why don't you rebuild? I mean, Burns obviously still a young player, 2019 draft pick, very productive in his short sample size in the NFL. I guess if you want to say they're they're holding on to him to be a franchise pillar on defense, they're just not gonna turn. Do you bogus buy or sell? You think the Panthers can turn things around over a two year period after this season? I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's doable, though. In theory, it's doable. It and they've they've at least begun to do it the right way now. Like, Robbie Anderson gone, Christian McCaffrey gone. I would have done this deal. Again, not knowing who was offering it, but I would have done it because, A, you reset the clock on your, on your, you know, your pass-rushing defensive end in terms of having to pay him. 2019 pick, that means he's got to get paid really soon here by them. So now you reset, got a new guy who's on a rookie contract. Plus, I get ammo... If I needed to move around in the draft to get the quarterback that I need now, because it's not Sam Darnold, it's not Baker Mayfield, it ain't P.J. Walker. They need a franchise quarterback with multiple first-round picks. They could have moved up to get the guy they wanted. Now, I'll float this as a possibility, because I don't think the trade deadline is for another week, right? Is it November it's, 1st? It's next Monday or Tuesday, yeah. Right. So, obviously, you can let GMs know that the guys are available, but sometimes, certainly in the NBA, this is true, GMs will will leak or organizations will leak this news to create some buzz in fan bases and talk radio and try to drive the price up. So it may not be the final the final offer from this team or another team. This might be a way like why would this story even come out? If you're the team that didn't get him, you're not gonna leak it probably. Right. So the Panthers leak it to make other yes. teams think like, oh, there are people that want burns, let me go in there. Yeah, let me you know, let me let me make an offer, and, and it also sets even if the even if the reporting's garbage, even if it's not true, maybe it was a first and a second, but it sets it sets the price at a minimum. Like, oh, I got to beat two first. Okay, got it. Just food for thought. All right, let's get to some college football here now. After their loss to Tennessee last week, it's no surprise that Alabama beat up on Mississippi State thirty to six. And oh, by the way, the Bulldogs scored that lone touchdown on the very last play of the game. Now, after the game, Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach blasted his wide receivers for drop passes in a way that only Mike Leach can. And I'm genuinely fearful that on our team, if, if, if me and the other coaches don't get them right, um, <clears throat> that about a generation from now, um, their kids and their grandkids won't have hands. You know, because, um, you know, from a lack of use, those hands just disappear. I mean, and, and maybe it'll be like this, like those dinosaur ends like this are, you see. And, and you know, you got like a Tyrannosaurus Rex who's clearly good at eating things, big old jaws and all that stuff, fairly athletic and run. Well, his hands are like this. And, and you know, and I think we took a very, very, very uh, big step as a team, which we have to correct this. We have to correct this because um, – you know, I think that uh, in the end that it's going to be best for all these guys uh, that they have good hand development and that they don't evolve to where they don't have hands. Okay, but we definitely um, didn't use ours, and so there certainly wasn't any genetic reinforcement on our part um, that we should maintain our hands. I mean, and I don't want all of a sudden... You know, a guy's driving across this country, and then they get to Starkville, Mississippi, and all of a sudden there's these athletic 
looking, friendly guy, because we have great guys that don't have any hands. And I hope that that's not the case. But that's where we're headed right now, and we're going to try to get that fixed in this off week. <laughs> Bob, Bob Sell, Mike Leach is rambling about dinosaurs. I buy every every ounce of it. Buy. <laughs> what, Bogus, what is he trying to do? Why are you asking me? I didn't write the question. Diesel needs to tell us what what's the premise of this. What led to no hands? Drop passes against Alabama. Wide receivers trying to use their body too much and not their hands when trying to catch passes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm thankful he's on the wall, but I don't think this is a battle we need to fight right now. I don't think we're that close to losing our hands. Like, but what is what is my is Mike Leach just bored? Is he amusing himself? Is he is he trying to send some weird message? Or is, I don't understand. No. I mean, it's funny. He's funny. That's all he is. He's funny. That was a long. That was a he lot. Just kept going. The real concern for a thing that's not going to happen. Somebody driving across this fine country and they get to Starkville, miss it. We got a nice guy. I mean, it's amazing. It's an amazing answer. All right, let's stay at college football here. Bill, let's give you some props. You called it on Friday. The Oregon Ducks were able to beat UCLA in Eugene 45-30 to and hand the Bruins their first loss of the season. Oregon has now won six straight games after getting blown out in their season opener 49-3 to to Georgia. Buy or sell that Oregon has now re-entered the playoff conversation. Sell, I think. I mean, I, always th- I thought about this over the weekend. I think it's just bad for... UCLA, you can't put Oregon in the college football playoff having lost to Georgia 831 to negative 10, can you? You I mean, can't do it. Depending on how things go around them, you if they run the table, it I think you can, like it's possible. It seems like a stretch. A one-loss Pac-12 champion seems like a stretch, but yeah. I guess, as, as Bogus said, you would have to have a lot of help. So winner of Michigan-Ohio State even, you know, is, is going to get in, assuming that they then win the Big Ten championship game. And at least two, I think, SEC schools are going to get in. And Clemson isn't great. Right. Is one loss Pac-12 champ Oregon more qualified than Clemson if that's the choice for the last spot? No. I I think qualified or not qualified, I think the lack of respect for the Pac-12 unfairly and the lack of respect for Oregon at that level because of the Georgia, Georgia score maybe fairly... I, I, I don't think so. Diesel, you're a big college football guy. It's not like they lost 42-21. to 21. They got dominated in every facet of that game. I don't see how we don't get two SEC teams in there. Right. So I think that's the biggest thing holding them back. I, I think an undefeated Clemson team would get in, and I'm with you. I don't think they're back to being Clemson. I just, I don't think a one-loss Pac-12 champion will get the benefit of the doubt, given a 49-3 loss. We also haven't mentioned TCU still undefeated. If they stay undefeated, was, they're getting in before Oregon no matter what. Fair, yeah. I think we all yeah, believe I, they're not staying undefeated, though. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Pure positivity. Yeah, I mean, you guys are, are apparently on the TCU train. I haven't watched a lot of TCU this year. Are they? Do either of you have a sense of whether they're legitimately capable of beating high-level teams or competing with – not even the SEC. Could they compete against Michigan or Ohio State? Uh, I would say no. Uh, I mean, I would say no, too, but it doesn't matter. If they, if they win the Big 12 and they're undefeated, they're getting a spot. They're getting the fourth spot in our scenario. 
what about if you have an undefeated Clemson? Um, they're not getting in over it. No, you're. Right. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah. They're getting in ahead, ahead of, Oregon, of Oregon, Oregon if that's the, if they're undefeated. And Oregon's got one loss, Pac-12. But yes, there's a certainly scenario. The, the more likely scenario is two SEC teams, the Big Ten winner, and undefeated Clemson. I mean, there's no one that that can chat. I mean, I guess they have Texas left, which I guess is a hard. I mean, it's in to- Texas. It's at you know at Texas, and right. they have to go to Baylor too if that's anything. Right before Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I think Oregon's done. I think Oregon's finished. All right, let's stay in college football here. Now, ever since leaving Notre Dame for LSU, Brian Kelly has gotten a lot of flack, whether it be for his fake Southern accent. It's a great night to be a Tiger. I'm here with my family. Or his great cringeworthy job. dancing videos, which were designed to help him with recruiting, although I think that backfired on him. Yet on Saturday, LSU picked up their sixth win of the season, taking down number seven Ole Miss, forty-five to twenty. Kelly's two losses thus far this season: Week One against Florida State, and then two weeks ago against Tennessee, which right now looks like a good loss. Buy or sell the job that Brian Kelly has done at his first year at LSU? I mean, I'm not a big. I mean, I call him Lion Kelly because of how he departed Notre Dame. But someone was on the show last week and made the point how good he is in game. Do you remember who that was, Diesel? We had Mr. Dan Wetzel on last week. Mr. Wetzel. Yeah. I'll buy. I mean... Buy! He's a good coach. I hope he fails. (laughs) I mean, I don't have... I don't can't give you the specifics, but no recent Notre Dame coach has won like him. Right. Shortcomings in the in the playoff, yes. whatever it is, get it. But yes. in terms of just wins and being there, no one has yep. done it like him in a long time. There, he left. He got lured away. He, he right. I mean, he was a success at Notre Dame. Yes, he, he was. It's not like a guy who, who crashed out and then got another chance. I mean, he's a he's a really good coach. He's Lion Kelly, right? But he's a really good coach. All right, let's get to some hoops here. Another game and another loss for the Lakers. Yesterday, they fell to the Blazers and dropped to 0-3 on the season. Now, Bill, this loss was a little different than their first two, though. L.A. had a seven-point lead with under two minutes to go before they ultimately lost 106-104 in regulation. Kind of hard to do. Portland finished on an 11-2 run. Buy or sell the Lakers are worse this season than they were last season. Bye. Bye. I mean, you guys have seen all the stats. Russell Westbrook is historically bad. I mean, it's early. But he is so awful. That's the thing. Like, we keep saying it's early. They look terrible. They look really bad. Like, what's what's the sign you could point to to say, like, this is why or how the Lakers would turn it around? Let me ask you a question. No, there's no reason. LeBron's already assessed it. They, They don't have shooting. And not only do you have to have shooting in the NBA to be successful, you have to surround LeBron with shooting. Okay, my brother and I do a fantasy football league, a fantasy league where we do baseball, football, basketball together. I run the NBA team. We're not doing well. My brother started blowing my phone up over the weekend about how much the team sucks and what have you done, and we got to trade away NBA resources. It was two and a half games into the season, which would be the equivalent of freaking out four games into an MLB season. I like that, uh, I like your brother stays calm just like you do. Buy or sell bogus, my brother my brother's full of crap. I mean he might be full of crap. But like 
the Lakers, particularly in this scenario, are doomed. Like, there's no, you don't need any more games. No, I know. So, yes, slow your fantasy roll down a little bit, but there is scenarios where you can freak out after three games and the Lakers are in that territory. Agreed, but not if you're the Sixers. No. And not if your two riders never make a wrong. Correct. Bye. (laughs) Of course it is. I think I got Lonzo Ball on the, uh, or sorry, Lamelo Ball on the on, on a little injury situation going on. He'll be back soon. Calm down, Bobby. Simmer down. Speaking of injuries, oh. Zion Williamson left the Pelicans game early yesterday after his dunk attempt was blocked by Utah's Jordan Clarkson. Clean block, by the way. Zion landed hard on his backside. <laughs> initially, initially, he stayed in the game, but was forced to come out just seconds later. New Orleans today is saying that Zion has a hip contusion. Buy yourself that the Pelicans need to be cautious with Zion's return. I don't even know. I mean, buy, I guess. Like, the guy's always hurt. Doesn't it feel like once he leaves a game, like, we're not going to see him for weeks, no matter what the injury is? Weeks? The rest of the calendar year. He's got a bump and a bruise on his buttocks. He'll be okay. Last year, he just has a foot injury. He'll he be okay. We never saw him again. Surgery. Everybody had, thought he was going to be back. He's had 32 different injuries in his short NBA career. But not everyone is going to be the worst. When's their next game? Let me look it up. He's going to play their next game. I got a dollar on that. Dollar for both that. of us? Me and Bill? I'll take it. I'm in. Yeah, me too. I'm in. $1. Tomorrow night. Home for Dallas. Well, He'll be out some there. Some people have swear jars. We have dumb jars. Whichever of us is dumb. It puts a dollar in there. Okay. No, let's not do that. We would. One of us would go broke. I raised my hand for that one. <laughs> I know who that, that was, was. I know who that no! was intended for. I meant it for me. Sort of. <laughs> or you? <laughs> Is that the end of? Uh, that's the, the end of our jam-packed Monday edition of Buy or Sell. Buy or blue shirts. Blue shirts. I'm excited. I just got to get back to New York. I also left a suit and like five shirts in David Marinick's office because I was, it's a long story. CBS Mortis Q, like long story short, like, oh, well, I got a bunch of clothes there I need to get. Yeah, I got a wedding coming up. Am I allowed to uh, to wear those to the wedding instead no, of buying a, a new suit? I don't think my clothes would fit you, man. If, if I could still- get a free suit out of it, I would make them fit me. I got a diet for you then, okay? Uh, In-N-Out Burger. Lots of whiskey, uh, sushi, and Got some it. tennis. <laughs> and some tennis, but not enough. <laughs> but not, but not enough. All right, that was a good. That was a, that was a good little show. Bogey, how, Is how it we over? Up? Are we done? Yeah, pretty much. We're gonna have like a thirty second segment in a minute. Um, how you feel about Boganator? How how that we let that marinate? Would we want to carry it over tomorrow? It still is not as catchy as I would prefer. Okay, it's better than. You know, comparing you to a well-dressed member of a different profession. Correct. Yes. Well, I hate the term correct. Do you, why do people say correct? I accidentally, I think, what's the right word? I, I knew I shouldn't have said it. No, you can but say I it. But I said it. No, no, is it, is it a Freudian slip? Like, I didn't do it on purpose, but, like, my brain knew to say correct because you didn't like it. definitely do it on purpose. I, yeah, yeah, you do. I swung by my buddy's place yesterday to have a quick beer, like one beer, and he must have said correct to me 11 times in conversation. Unacceptable. Hey, man, I like your, I like, is that new? I like that, uh, I like that painting. Correct. <laughs> He's a great guy. All right. You're a great guy, Boganator. 855 212 4CBS is the phone number. Let's talk about 
Monday Night Football. Do we have to? Yeah, we do. It's Patriots Bears, and we'll get into it after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogish. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Oh, man, the show flew by today. Also, tomorrow, a little tease. We're going to talk about, talk about D-Cell in a Snoopy outfit. You'll look good. <laughs> You're a good dad, buddy. Did it for your son. I respect it. Still going to tweet it out tomorrow. This season, for the first time, you can hear every Westwood One NFL broadcast stream live for free. Mondays, Thursdays, Sunday nights, the International Series, Holiday Triple Headers, and every postseason game. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station Streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports, all sponsored by AutoZone. It is time to say good night to that check engine light with the free AutoZone Fixed Finder service. It'll help troubleshoot the like of cause of your light for free. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Patriots tonight against my Chicago Bears. They're awful. Haven't even looked at the line because I didn't want to know, and then Diesel told me. Diesel, would you like to tell the audience as well how favored the Patriots are against my Bears? Right now, I am seeing the New England Patriots favored by eight points tonight over your Chicago Bears. And the more depressing part, I think, I think, for all of us who do not have a rooting interest in the game, an over-under of 40. Yeah, probably going to be ugly. Although, I am, um, the game's in New England. New England wins, they go to 4-3, and three, right? So they're in a striking distance of respectability and maybe playoff football. I'm interested in seeing Mac Jones. I'm, I'm interested in seeing his return. I'm interested in seeing how he responds to his backup playing at a pretty impressive level, the, the pressure of needing to make sure that job is his. What I'm not looking forward to, Pretty Daddy, is um, Justin Fields' just getting completely humiliated by Bill Belichick. I mean, it feels like the under, doesn't it? It feels like, you know, 28-6 to six kind of a game. 24-6 to six kind and, of a game. And I'm sure you saw this all week leading up to this game, Bill Belichick waxing poetic about the Bears and Justin Fields and now there's a little psychology involved. So he always does this crap. He always yeah. does this when he thinks he's way better than a team. He hypes that opponent up to no end. To no end. He was all week. How great the Bears are. How much maturity Justin Fields has shown in his second season. And we're all left kind of scratching our heads being like, you're talking about the Chicago been, Bears, right? Games been, he did this with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers amazing. He's the best quarterback of all time. Love letter, love letter, love letter, love letter. Yeah, you're right. Is there any scenario where you think the Bears can win this game? Win the game outright? No, no. I don't. Even if Mac Jones plays terrible, I think Belichick will find a way for New England to come out victorious. I don't think Mac Jones will play terrible. It will be interesting if he doesn't play well, right? I mean, I think like the concern with him is just mediocrity. Not moving the ball, not particularly efficient, but okay. That's been a lot of his performances. Any chance you think we find out more about Mac Jones' mental toughness rather than his actual physical play? As you pointed out, his backup playing, not even his backup, the third string, because remember Brian Hoyer also got a concussion, so Bailey Zappi is technically the third string. Um, You know, kind of what happened with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. I mean, look, look what happened to Carson Wentz. But they drafted Zappi 
in part because they liked what they saw. Where did he come out of Western? No, is that right? Western Kentucky. Yeah, I think that is right. Yeah, I mean, like, right, like a piece of project, and so the pressure is a little different than some journeyman who's never going to be the future of the organization. There's already been a lot of talk about whether they should go to Zappy. They most people think they won't, but Bill Belichick, man, he's crazy like a fox. Um, are you going to watch ever in your life The Rock in Black Adam? Because it is very actiony. There's a lot of action going on. You like action movies. When you told me you were taking your little dude to see this movie on Friday, I had never heard of it, but all weekend, all weekend I saw the promotions for it. It actually looks like my kind of movie. I think I would see it. Huge opening. Biggest opening of, of The Rock's career. He's, um... He's a super. He's got superpowers, but he's but he, is he a good guy or a bad guy? You know, he's kind of a man. He's he's a lot like you. Very angry. He's very angry. We don't know if I'm a good guy. <laughs> no, you're a good guy, but he's very angry, and he he doesn't say a lot, but he says it with his face, literally. I definitely do that. Like, oh, he's gonna kill that guy because he made the twitch with his face. His face made the. You're, you're, yeah, and he's a superhero who actually, in the fictional universe that takes place, and kills people. He's like he's kind of a bad guy. You're a good guy, Snoopy. You're a good guy? Question mark. No, no question mark. It was um, I it wasn't great, but I really enjoyed it. That that's my that's my takeaway on my on, on Black Adam. There we go. We got it in. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you to see Burline. Thank you to D Cell. Thank you to Bogish. We appreciate you. Enjoy Monday Night Football. We'll be talking about it tomorrow, among other things, here on CBS Sports Radio.